0: Hey, it's Nelson, and this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, with this terrible air quality and the smoke all in the air, I guess it's time for fall, right? Is it uh, pumpkin spice everything now?
1: It pretty much is. Starbucks has been starting their pumpkin spice latte earlier and earlier every year. So I think they started last week of August. But all over my stories today, all I've seen is pumpkin and pumpkin spice everything over the last weekend. So there's pumpkin spice waffles and muffins and chai and like all this stuff. So I guess it's time for fall, time to bring out the flannels and, you know, for me to bring out my Uggs.
0: You do realize that by next year, we're going to be talking about Pumpkin Spice in July. Totally. Because it keeps moving up further keeps and further. Up.
1: Keeps moving um,
0: up. I don't know about you guys, you all, but I am not a fan of pumpkin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pumpkin anything. Except for Elenos's. Special flavor the pumpkin pie. That one's actually pretty good, I do have to admit. If you're ever going to offer me pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving, I'm going to say no thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin, um, but I do enjoy a traditional pumpkin pie. I do like pumpkin squares. I do not like uh, pumpkin spice lattes. I I tried it. I've tried it multiple times. It's just not my jam. Uh, like you, I like l yogurt and a couple other things. But for the most part, I'd say I'm 90%... Uh, no
0: team pumpkin except for pumpkin fried rice <laughs> that, see and i that still haven't I tried do. that i still
1: haven't <laughs> tried that so really fascinated by this concept
0: i've never had a pumpkin spice latte myself monica because i just don't like pumpkin spice and i think it's because everybody got so excited for this i don't know how many years ago is it 10 years now is it uh, when they first around. released it? it's been it's i don't know we're old it's been a long time but i'm just like i'm not buying into the hype and i still refuse to buy into the hype
1: I I will say the one exception uh, at one year, I decided I was going to give it a good go and try pumpkin anything just, you know, for like a month or so, just to see if there are things that I like. I will say that when Seattle Pops is in business and, you know, I I don't know if you heard, they're going to be at select farmers markets for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. But if they do have their pumpkin pop, I actually enjoy it. I actually enjoy it. And so that's one of the few exceptions as well. Pumpkin pops from Seattle Pops.
0: Well, you can enjoy it for both of us because (laughs) I love you, Seattle Pops, but no one pumpkin popsicles for me. I'm out. I'm out. Heard, (laughs) heard. Is pumpkin part of the squash family? I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not going to spend too much more time on pumpkins because we spent more than three minutes on pumpkin. Pumpkins. <laughs> Is that a part of the squash family? Because I do enjoy squash. I do enjoy like butternut squash and all the other in that family.
1: I think so. They seem very similar in terms of their okay. growth patterns and consistency. What yeah. about sweet potatoes?
0: So, sweet potatoes, I'm in. The I'm all in for pie? that. Sweet potato pie? Yes. Yes, oh, sweet yeah. potato pie. I will definitely have that as an alternative for Thanksgiving and pecan pie. You can totally. give me that too.
1: Sweet potato has a much earthier texture and tone mm-hmm. to it.
0: I guess if I had to choose like pie, what I throw in someone's face, it would always be pumpkin because I can always waste the pumpkin pie. The other ones <laughs> I
1: want to eat. Mine would be dun, 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 berry pies. Oh, what? <laughs> no. I know. Oh, no, it hurts so bad. Oh. So hurtful. I know. I knew that. I knew that would hurt.
0: It would be pumpkin and then apple. Those are the two I detest the most. Anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. This is the Seattle footy podcast episode 105. Hey, Monica, how's everybody? How are you doing with I talked about the air quality? Mm -hmm. Are you moving through the fog? Okay, I don't I don't know what to call it the smoke. Is that what you call it the smoke? I, I guess it's not the fog i don't know what we call it here like in hawaii we have the volcano we call it
1: vog v-o-g um mm. last two years well not last year but the two years before in seattle when we had the wildfires from canada and washington come over uh we called it smokezilla so i don't know i haven't seen any catching titles to it it's really kind of bizarre yeah it, it's yeah. weird
0: it has gotten worse and worse guys so stay indoors i kept Thinking at the beginning is like, oh, it's not nothing. I can play through this. I can Mm -hmm. golf through this. But then after getting out there, it is really bad, guys. So please try to minimize your trips and try to stay indoors as much as possible. All right. That being said, Monica, we have a couple of recaps on our show to talk about. Mm -hmm. A delivery, which was kind of nice. I'm almost done with (laughs) what they delivered to us. Mm -hmm. I didn't go out much because I had some fantasy football drafts and I had work this week. I went out maybe a couple times over the weekend, and we can talk about that in our What Are We Eating section. Sure. All right. Well, to start off our recap, Juliana Bakery sent us a delivery of artisanal cookies and a Basque cheesecake. Monica, I got mine on Thursday. When did you get yours? Uh, Friday. Yeah. These cookies are dense, you guys. I got to admit, but... The reason they're so dense is because they are stuffed like the strawberry cheesecake and the PB and J with actual jam in the PB and J. I love those cookies. I devour those so fast, mm-hmm. Monica. They also have savory pastries. They sent me a pork floss Beckham, which is very interesting. It's mm-hmm. a, basically has, it has mayonnaise and then it's uh, in, in these little, I don't know, cookies that they put together. I loved it. I, I ate that one so fast. Mm-hmm. I'm such a savory guy. Everyone, you, you, you don't understand juliana bakery is currently delivering in seattle and also on the east side and they're out of redmond so they're doing pop-ups at places like populix brewing and third culture coffee make sure you guys go follow them monica what did you think
1: I really like the cake-like texture of cookies and I'm 100% a fan of soft cookies and a double fan of stuffed cookies on top mm-hmm. of that. So they were quite good, but you know, I have to share here. So it's, you know, I can't just like sit and eat like the whole box myself. Um, but guys, for- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I tell I tell my family that I just haven't shot it yet. And so I just sort of lie. And then when they're not around, I'll just eat it all. And they'll be like, oh, what happened to such and such? I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, it wasn't that good. You wouldn't liked it. <laughs> I, I'm the worst, you guys. Um, but, guys, for a limited time, they are also offering free delivery for over $10. So check out their website for more details on that.
0: Thank you, Juliana Bakery. They were really wonderful. And that bass cheesecake. Mm. Again, this is the first year I've had bass cheesecake, and I'm mm-hmm. such a fan. I loved them.
1: Yum. Okay, are you ready for Cider Week, Nelson?
0: Well, it's already upon us, so I guess I am ready for Cider Week, Monica.
1: (laughs) It is upon us. So Washington Cider Week is presented by the Northwest Cider Association, and it kicked off on September 10th and runs through September 20th. So normally, Nelson, you and I would probably be at a huge cider tasting event, but COVID-19 caused a pivot. So, what y'all need to know is that there's still tons of smaller events going on that comply with current guidance. Like, for instance, the Republic of Cider and BB6 Taiwanese pop up. So Republic of Cider provided us with the Maymay to pair with the BB-6 snack pack. So the Maymay is a cider with winter melon and caramelized pineapples. It's really mild and drinkable. And it's okay. It's 6.7 alcohol by volume. (laughs) I was a little bit buzzed, but it's possible that maybe it was a bad decision for me to drink the whole bottle by myself. So that might have been where that went sideways. Uh, The snack pack from BB six was full of different textures and flavors. And the the trail mix was by far my favorite. And it was full of variety, crunch and savory and sweet flavors. And I had eaten half the container before I was like, oh, wait, I got to stop. I got to try the rest of the food. So it was that good. And Nelson, what were some of your highlights?
0: Monica, just like you, I drank the whole bottle myself as well.
1: (laughs) Bad. We're so bad.
0: You know me. I'm team sweet in terms Mm -hmm. of ciders. I Mm -hmm. love it. So this was a sweet cider that I really enjoyed. I did kind of taste a little bit of the hint of that pineapple, the caramelized Mm -hmm. pineapple, as well as some of that winter melon. Mm -hmm. Guys, if you're thinking, ooh, winter melon cider, it is not winter melon cider. They are they just ferment the winter melon into the cider. So it still tastes like cider. If you want winter melon, go and get a bubble tea. But this you're not don't expect winter melon to, t- to taste like that. Mm-hmm. But I am also a big fan of the Bobilio trail mix as well. I devoured that. Yeah, <laughs> I so hanging good. out with my friends, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're just talking and we're playing mm-hmm. some poker online, and uh, all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I killed that whole, right? whole trail mix. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it goes so well because it's it's a little bit on the saltier side, mm-hmm. and so when you drink the cider with it, oh, it's so good. I'm just grabbing i don't know the spiced cashews and then the want want borrow biscuits or the sugared fish i mean yeah guys this this is a weird interesting and unique trail mix that you guys Mm -hmm. have to have it's really delicious yeah so
1: good yeah thanks to everyone to washington cider to northwest cider association to republic of cider and to bb6 everything was perfect and remember to check check a couple things. If you check their website, there is a calendar of events. So there might be a cidery in your neighborhood that you can grab a growler from. Mm -hmm. And also uh, Northwest Cider on their website, they actually have like an interactive map, like a locator to help you with that. So it's, it's that, that easy.
0: And Cider Week is going on all week, guys. So when you're out there grocery shopping or doing anything, buy a cider, do that. All right. And Monica, let's get on to our what are we eating? because Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) You can't wait.
1: (laughs) So excited.
0: (laughs) Like I said, I didn't really go out too much because of the whole air quality issue and just working and football season starting this week just kind of, food just kind of took a priority in the backseat there. I'm just Mm going to let you know. But uh, the first place I went to, I'm not going to spend too much time on this next, on this this spot because Monica and I are going to talk about it next week cuz Monica you're visiting it we're recording on Sunday so you're going to be going on Monday mm-hmm. I had dinner friday night at the newly reopened charlotte restaurant at the lot hotel in downtown monica i got to sit with annie eats food friend of the podcast you got to spend some time with her earlier this week Mm -hmm. and we got a sneak peek of the new restaurant like i said monica you'll be checking it out one thing is for sure the food and cocktails were absolutely delicious and the plating was phenomenal you guys have to check it out and they also emailed me and let me know that on opening week from 9-24, September 24th, as they're going to open to October 1st, food will be 50% off. So you will be discounted. Make reservations, and then you can get that discount.
1: Yeah, those places look really beautiful, and I'm actually going to put on a dress.
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, you should put on a dress because I... I wore a polo shirt and I, I didn't know what, what the outfit to wear. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of put on a polo shirt and uh, some pants. And yeah, I actually wore pants. I haven't worn pants in forever, you guys. <laughs> so, no. no, I don't go pants list. I wear shorts. But just to let people know mm-hmm. that. It'll be very nice. I really enjoyed my black cod mm-hmm. entree. It was really delicious. You guys need to order that the chilean sea bass is was also on the table that was also very delicious and the lamb monica get the lamb that's that's one thing so if you're going with someone and you have a guest coming with you have them order two of those three dishes
1: Mm -hmm. got it got it
0: and we'll talk a little bit about more of it on next week's show so cliffhanger dun 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 anyway monica what did you end up eating this week
1: Well, I took a week off from my day job, but I forgot to take a week off from my second job. So I was just busy eating all week and my job was eating. Uh, (laughs) Last week, I kicked it off with the return of Fremont Sunday Market. Just for you listeners, the vendors really need your support because other markets have been allowed to operate, but Fremont had to wait months and months longer, so they've been holding out. Uh, food is prepackaged, so it's a great way to grab weeknight meals, so there is no cooking or prepared foods going on at the market, but you can pre-order from whatever company or business you want to see, and I think they're going to try to launch a bigger platform. But I visit our friends, uh, Tijuana Tacos, Nelson, for a chorizo burrito, breakfast taco, and a a carne asada rice bowl, brought that home. And then I also visited Kathmandu momocha they have Nepalese dumplings, and so I got a huge bag of pork momocha and also beef and potato curry. And those are frozen, so I feel like I can pull those out whenever like I don't want to cook or like I'm running late. Mm-hmm. And I also got some snacks from Pete's Toffee, which is perfect for a sweet treat. So Pete's has been at some of the other farmers markets, but uh staff is is a little slim right now, so they're limited in terms of where they can show up. Peroshki piroshki was there, fan favorite. They were there with sweet pastries, and they told me to order online for free delivery. So I ordered a bunch of savory pirouche for delivery later in the week. I think I over-ordered, actually. I mean... I think Sunday I probably dropped $200 on food businesses. Oh, my. Okay. (laughs) But but that's okay because they save, right? And so, again, like, you know, instead of cooking fresh, I can just defrost something or steam some dumplings. Uh, So be sure to follow Fremont Sunday Market for updates on the rules, you guys. This is really important. You can't just walk through the market anymore. There is a single entry over by the Theo Chocolate Factory, and things have changed a lot. So just be prepared and read up before you go. Okay, I actually did some cooking, not willingly, but I cooked because I was craving loco and I can never buy it anywhere. They sell it places and I refuse to spend the money because it's so easy to make. And so because I was craving it, I actually made some for myself with some leftover teriyaki burgers and of course, brown gravy, rice and a gooey egg. That was my comfort cooking
0: of the week. Yeah, I've been craving loco moco for a while, too, I and I was like, maybe I should get that for takeout and <laughs> something, uh, something else. Takes over, so but yeah, I could use some loco moco. That sounds good. Totally. One of the
1: things I did is that I think it's important because I was supposedly taking vacation. I blocked a day for Annie, so I got to hang out with her for a day, and we went to University Village because um, we had some shopping to do and some eating to do. So we kicked it off at Babar for Imperial Rolls, which is one of our favorites, and I had a spicy pork belly plate, and I wash it all down with you'll love this, Nelson, a refreshing cardamom lemon shrub. Yeah shrub fan just love that vinegary taste and it's fruity and refreshing and carbonated so perfect and those imperial rolls if you guys don't know what imperial rolls are these are not egg rolls these are wrapped in rice paper and they're double fried, and it gives them crunch and texture and bubbling that is not common on an egg roll. So if you don't know what they are, go ahead and try them. Uh, from there, we made a stop at Rachel's Ginger Beer because who can say no to a Dole Whip float? Um, not us. So <laughs> we ordered them, and I had mine with white peach ginger beer, and it was really refreshing. But you know what? I kind of feel like that was a bigger size than than I've seen before and I've had before because it just felt like a really big portion for both of us. So, don't know what's happening, but, you know, the last two times Annie and I have hung out, it's been like 90 degrees. So, (laughs) the last time we were over at Citizen Campfire sweating... Um, so I'm not sure what's up with that. Uh, we also stopped by uh, what everybody's been talking about, the BB.Q chicken and uh, tea for fruit tea afterwards. And so that was a, a day of fun-filled eating.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a lot of eating. Anytime you're with Annie Eats Food, it's just not one place, you guys. It's five places, <laughs> six places, ten places. Where else are we going to eat? I I can't eat anymore for the whole <laughs> month.
1: We, is- we were we were going to eat more, but um, we were shopping in between too. So, you know, you had to get some shopping time, but I, I'd say we're together for a good five, six hours. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You always have to work in a, a walk or something, mm-hmm. or maybe a CrossFit workout or something like that. You just got to do that.
1: Something like that. So Nelson mm-hmm. sugar and spoon friends of the podcast, sugar and spoon. They have my favorite flavor. Of dough, which is campfire, and it's their take on s'mores. Because I was full from eating someplace else that day, I stopped by one of the trucks for a DIY pack. So you can get a pack full of three pints. What y'all might not know is you can actually freeze the dough for two months. So I'm actually stocking up before my favorite flavor is gone for the year. So that's an idea if you always want to have dessert around um, and you just defrost it in the fridge and it's good to go, Uh, safe to eat, heat treated flour, and no eggs, no eggs.
0: I love their campfire flavor. I first was introduced to it at the bite of Seattle last year Mm -hmm. and it was a seasonal one, but so good. You guys got to get that.
1: Yes. So good. When it came out last year, I was going to the truck nonstop for a month. That's before they really started selling pints. Mm -hmm. So yeah, every place they were, I was right there in their face for, for 30 days to make sure that I got my
2: fill.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, now I don't have to do that. Yeah. Okay. Who else? Oh, so one of the street food vendors I've been missing is Freelore Tamales. So they were not at Fremont, and I don't think they're currently at any other farmer's markets. But, you know, Nelson, you know, because you went there, they have a takeout window near Green Lake. Mm-hmm. And I stopped by to visit and to get some of my favorites like chorizo pork and jalapeno and cheese, which is by far so far my favoriteest tamale of theirs. But they have a new flavor called uh, it's a spinach and cheese, and it's really good. I don't know how I'm such a big meat eater, but I really love the vegetarian flavors that they have at Freedom Tamales. And so I I don't know what's up with that. It just tastes good. So I eat meat because I really like it, but I wouldn't eat meat if I could find, you know, other foods that I like. And so this is like a good non-meat option for me. Um, people are always saying, you know, you should eat less meat. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but <laughs> it's actually an option. And um, I hear they're just starting a collaboration with Alexandra's uh, Macarons, who's another street food vendor that, that hasn't been around much. So be on the lookout for that. What I love about uh, Freelard is that they partner with other um, food businesses and even sell flowers from one of the farmer's market vendors at their storefront, um, trying to make sure, you know, people, they get visibility and get a couple of sales. Um, at really low effort so and you know you guys you can freeze tamales so don't be shy about picking up some extra or even having them delivered it's free delivery
0: yeah they're fairly cheap too so mm-hmm. you can buy multiple tamales yeah as i've sure. done before
1: yes i love them you got to try that spinach and cheese i know spinach kind of scared me because you know how i hate those leafy greens
0: no no <laughs> I love an a good artichoke spinach dip, so I'm thinking mm. spinach and cheese is something like that, but into a tamale form. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, the cheese is really good. And they also have a a little bit of corn in there. Not a lot of corn to overwhelm it all, but that like snap of the corn adds a little sweetness on top of the savory of the cheese mm. and the freshness of the spinach. It's delicious. Great. So speaking of leafy greens, Mm -hmm. I know you're always concerned about me not eating enough, uh, Nelson. So this week, Milk Run uh, solved that problem. So Milk Run is a company that does produce and meat delivery in Seattle and Portland, and they sent me a produce box filled with kale, purple carrots, broccoli, peaches, plums, and more. What I like about this company is that they're run by farmer, chef, bakers, and makers, and they work with over 120 producers in Seattle and Portland. And the best thing in my box was hatched chilies, which have a relatively short growing season each year. So I still haven't figured out what I'm going to do with them, but I I really need to very quickly here. But yeah, it it was a nice bunch of them, so pretty excited about that.
0: Let's be honest, Monica, how much of all of those produce are you actually going to be eating and how much are you going to be giving it to your family members? Because that's a lot of vegetables for you. (laughs)
1: Mm, that's why I've been cooking so like with the kale I made like a family size kale salad I put in some uh, peaches and apples because I like fruit in my salads Mm -hmm. and then I'm thinking um, I got some chuck roast that I think I'm going to do like a curry stew with the purple carrots and I don't think the broccoli will go well in it but maybe um, sautéed in garlic and butter on the side would work well to add a fresh element to the curry yeah so just cooking you know stuff
0: Thank you, Milk Run. This <laughs> delivery right here is one year's <laughs> worth of vegetables for Monica. So, thank you, Milk Run, for keeping her alive. Thank you I so know. much.
1: I do drink green juice and green shakes, though. You so don't, get don't get enough vinegar.
0: vegetables in Monica. I, know, I keep telling I you, know. you get vegetables in. This is like <laughs> one year's worth from this from this delivery alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh you know what i need i need somebody to deliver me chinese green beans every day and i would eat them
0: <laughs> guaranteed okay uh, i'll get okay. it i'll get working on that one i don't know <laughs> who the source is but i'll i'm sure there's one super fan that can deliver you green beans every day
1: <laughs> well i can make them but it's it's so complex with with the boiling and the blanching the shocking mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. uh, it's just too much yeah. just too much okay so uh last place honorable mention this week is my regular stop at Mangosteen. Uh, I tried some new drinks, blueberry lemonade and white peach green tea. And so those are new flavors from Boba Bar. So be on the lookout for those.
0: I'm so bummed that their new wave summers with Fubak is had to be canceled this week because oh, of the smoke. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad. But you guys yeah. get one more week. So next one weekend, week. after next weekend, they're done because mm-hmm. unfortunately the weather gets worse. So. Yeah. They can't do it. Can't do it. That's and a that's lot. A that's a that's good bad. Yeah, that's good. Well done eating on your staycation. Whew, I tried. I tried hard, <laughs> tried hard. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have one interview today. I've always wanted to have this person on with a professional food photographer and recipe developer. Her name is Sheila Cruz, otherwise known on Instagram as Flavor Filled. And that's Flavor with an O-U-R, not O-R, Monica. Okay, got it. I would describe Sheila as a magazine print style food photographer. Most of her images are produced from her home studio. And I sat down with Sheila to talk some more about the essentials that you must have for your home studio if you ever want to have one. And so here's our interview with Flavor Filled, Sheila Cruz. Hello, everyone. Today, this is so fun. I call her a studio professional food photographer. Miss Sheila Cruz... Hi. otherwise known as Flavor Filled on Instagram. We met, I think, was it last year? I believe in Seattle. I think that's where we met. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's correct.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's probably more than a year ago.
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember. Maybe it was like two years ago. It seems so long maybe. ago. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Because of what's going on right now, maybe it's been, so long, it's been that long. But anyway, I wanted to have you on for such a long time. And before I even ask... I, I was talking to my friend, and we usually describe your style, food style, as magazine food studio photographer. Is there a term for your photography style?
2: I've recently found out that I guess editorial. Okay. <laughs> I don't know technical terms and stuff like that. I really don't know. I just I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I recently found out it's editorial, something that tells a story. In mm-hmm. moody, it's a yeah. moody style, definitely. I guess the aesthetic, it mm-hmm. changes with mm-hmm. the weather. I don't know, the season. Yeah. Sometimes I like colors now and stuff like that. So
0: Okay. I was talking to my friend who is... He's a (laughs) non-foodie, but he does a lot with media and he's like, oh yeah, this is print style photography. This is what what people see in magazines and that's how I described it because you have your own studio and I just want people to know that you guys got to check out Flavor Filled. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's it's always amazing. I mean, your photography. Can you just tell me how you got started into shooting food photography?
2: Yeah, so back in 2015, I started a food blog. It was fun, but didn't really expect the amount of work that goes into it. I found recipe development, all of that stuff. Recipe testing, they're hard. They're not easy. (laughs) Yeah. You have to test everything. It's a lot of responsibility, and it's hard work, pretty much. I I didn't have time for it, pretty much. Also realized during the process that I love photography, like food photography in general sort of like stumbled upon a community of food photographers on instagram and just pretty much became a part of it and just never stopped since yeah that's pretty much
0: it yeah that's that seems like same process as as i got through it oh i like these accounts i like these accounts i like yeah this style matches what i really like and then yeah meet other friends of the same style around seattle and then we kind of do that
2: yeah that's that's pretty much it yeah
0: I just want to know, are you self-taught in terms of how you figured out your studio and everything like that? Like, how did you master this whole process for you? I am not a master, but it's okay. (laughs) Yes, definitely
2: self-taught. A lot of YouTube universities, for sure. Like, I I went there, YouTube University. Just basically practice playing with lights. I definitely don't have a lot of natural light where I live. So then that pushed me to invest on, like, uh, lighting, like artificial lighting. Just played with it. Honestly, YouTube University. Do you know Joni Simons? Uh, the bite shot.
0: Yes, I do know her, but a lot of our followers probably don't. So you can oh, okay. tell us some of your favorite YouTube yeah accounts that you like to look at for inspiration
2: for basic food photography, for basic techniques. Things that you need to know before if you're trying to start out with, like, food photography. Joni Mm -hmm. Simons of The Bite Shot, she's really, really good. I think she's one of the best teachers. She explains everything clearly. And it's just easy to, like, learn from her for some reason. I think a lot of food photographers who just started would agree with me on who knows Joni. Mm -hmm. Like, I learned a lot from, like, basics of composition, uh, lighting, editing. She knows all the basics, right? Mm -hmm but for me so it, it's good to learn the basics and like the technical stuff i feel like with food photography or photography in general the style is subjective not all people will like your style but the style it's it's up to you it you should be your, it's it should be your own i i think the style it cannot be taught mm-hmm. it's something like from your experience
0: Excellent. You were mentioned storytelling. That's your style or genre that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Normally for me, I'm just like, oh, here's a plate of, I don't know, plate of beef. So I'm just going to shoot it the way it's presented. What goes into like storytelling for you? I see all these action shots that you do, or you're putting powdered sugar on top of a yeah. cake and things like that. How do you make a story out of your photos?
2: So there's a lot of planning that goes into like one photo. hmm I know it's kind of corny but I, it is true though like mm-hmm. I, it's it's probably super cliche but how would I want my viewers what feelings what would I want them to feel mm-hmm. kind of a deal when it, they see my photo yeah it's not always successful i know that for me say for example like you mentioned a cake i'm sprinkling powdered sugar on it and i think i posted that picture one of my pictures like when it was like fall winter time kind mm-hmm. of so I kind of wanted to make like it's the it's gloomy outside can't really do anything outside maybe just bake bake something that's very hearty and kind of make you feel warm inside something like that so for me like the process of taking a photo it starts with like a question what would I want my viewers to feel Mm -hmm. the process is usually not pretty right like when you're baking it's all chaos in the kitchen (laughs) Uh, but yeah trying to like make that like show that and make it pretty playing with lights that's how I usually do it. Yeah. Not a, not a lot of secrets there, but it's you
0: know, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I pretty much. It. I think it's great because you talk about okay the planning part. Like I said, yeah. Most of the people on Instagram are just like, oh, we're gonna go to a restaurant. We check out this food truck, and then we just shoot it the way it's already presented. But you have mm-hmm. a lot of planning and processing in terms of what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> Let me ask you about recipe development. Yeah. Your foods are cooked at home. Uh, You've always cooked at home or really was into recipe development when you were younger? Or how did that all come about?
2: Yes. So I actually went to a culinary school. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, the reason why I moved here to U.S., shout out to all the immigrants out there. (laughs) So definitely, my daughter is a first generation Filipino-American. So I'm the only one from my family here. Okay. Um, so I moved here like 2009 to work, to help open Hyatt at the Olive Eight. Oh, okay. So that's basically how I, I moved here. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, so I was a cook. I went to culinary school in the Philippines. I was cooking professionally. In the Philippines, that's basically what I did. I helped open restaurants in the Philippines mm-hmm. and all the business part, like Food costing, recipe development, food, uh, recipe testing. This is basically what I did in the Philippines. I was in the culinary industry for a while. Yeah. And I've always loved cooking. Recipe development is one of my things. Because I love like fusion recipes. hmm Oh, one of the things that I do, I would like look up Yelp restaurants, yeah. say in New York, LA or whatever, like the mo- their most famous restaurants. And I would like look at what their fa- famous dish are. Mm-hmm. And then I would look at the ingredients because usually like good dish uh, is a composition of like different recipes, right? Yes. That's what one of the things that I would do. I would like look up their favorite dish or like the most famous famous dish of a restaurant and i would like look up the ingredients or the composition of that dish and i would try to make it my own i think that's one of like the way to get inspired with what dish to come up with i don't know if you've seen my burger
0: yeah i have seen it (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) that one yeah that one i made that it turned out so good and that's inspired by a burger a uh, joint in Kirkland <laughs> that I couldn't go to because of the lockdown. Yeah. So I made it at home. So it's kind of like that. I do that.
0: <laughs> Sheila, I had no idea this was your background. I thought you were just yeah. looking through recipes and all of a sudden, I know what, I'm going to start making my own stuff. This is amazing. I yeah. I had no idea today before I talked to you today. <laughs> Let me ask you a couple yeah. more questions. Yeah. If you're making a home studio, what are some must-haves for people that want to start off shooting at home and then also where do you get your props and dishware i love this every time i'm looking i was like i love her plates or i love the way she's styling it. it is like i love these utensils where do you find all that stuff
2: i i'd be the first one to tell you that you don't need an expensive camera Mm -hmm. um I did buy a pretty good camera at the very beginning because I kind of knew that I wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. So I really invested in a good one, but later found out that you really don't need a very expensive camera and expensive set of lenses, just basic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The most important thing with studio photography or uh, photography in general is a good source of light. Mm -hmm. And I would honestly invest in good artificial light if you don't have natural light lighting where you live Mm -hmm. but if you do you don't need it if you have like good source of light uh, natural light at home that's fine you you don't even need to like get something you just need like like diffusers or you just need a lot of foam boards yeah like black and white to like bounce the light and stuff like that. that's all you need if you have like a good source of natural light but light is everything because okay? yeah. light, if you have a strong source of light, your camera settings, it's flexible okay. pretty much. So if you have a good source of light, you can catch those sprinkle of powdered sugar. You can catch the action of pouring liquid and it's flexible. You can do whatever it is that you want. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, if you're starting a studio at home or photography at home, of course, a camera is good. Good lens. But the light, light is everything. Awesome. Yeah, I would, I would invest in light. Perfect. Yeah, and then with props, I like H and M Home.
0: Mm-hmm. They just opened one in uh, in the South Center. <laughs>
2: I saw that. I would definitely go there. I like CB2, Crate and Barrel and value village okay yeah Great. some like character stuff yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. i've done that before yeah. going to value village and looking at different like i need a plate or i need a cup and i'll just go there and ch- just kind of rummage through and see what they have and they have it's some really good gems there yeah
2: definitely when you're shopping for props mm-hmm. or plates always get something neutral okay yeah
0: thank you so much for coming on let me ask you one more question where can we uh-huh. find you on social media? How can businesses contact if people are trying to find out? It's like how where can we where can we find uh-huh. her?
2: Um so Instagram handle is at Flavorfield F L A V O U uh-huh. R. So it's French. I don't know. Is that your for Flavor? Yes, uh-huh. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Flavorfield, um it's also my business um Instagram, so you can certainly reach out to me on Instagram for business inquiries and yeah that's pretty much it awesome
0: thank you so much for coming yeah. on i appreciate it. i've always wanted to have you on <laughs> ever since uh i met you last year i was like oh i really love her style and <laughs> you are really one of the best photographers in terms of food studio photography in seattle so i'm, th- I'm yeah, thankful thank you so that you much Nelson. <laughs> all right no, thank, thank you. you
2: thank you for inviting me yeah have a good one
0: and that was our interview with Sheila Cruz. Make sure you follow her at Field on Instagram. Monica, she truly is the best at studio food photography in Seattle. I had no idea she attended culinary school in the Philippines. That's how she started doing recipe development. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, have you ever done recipe development before, Monica? Yeah.
1: <laughs> if I want to <laughs> eat something, I yeah. make it.
0: <laughs> well, well, so...
1: How 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 it how it works is that sometimes I develop things that I think about, but more often I'm reverse engineering things that I can't get. So, for example, seasonal items that I can't get from places like one time I couldn't get avocado pops back when Seattle Pops was just doing farmer's markets. So I reverse engineered the recipe. So but sometimes occasionally I'll start from scratch, but that's that's pretty rare. It's it's an interesting process.
0: How much trial and error do you do? Because a lot. I've talked to Annie's food about this, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I had the worst week because I was trying to make this certain yeah. pie crust, and it took me four days." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. So your boyfriend was eating pie crust for four days. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> when
1: when I'm developing a recipe from scratch, it's like between four to eight times. It it depends on what it is, really. I mean, because your basic basically using scientific principles, but you're also trying to blend the art of like the taste, right? So it's, it's tough sometimes, you know, where you have to make modifications. Like, do I use baking powder? Do I use baking soda? Like, how do I bring these savory flavors together? How how to make it sweeter and not clash. And so it's, yeah, no props to Annie, props to Sheila, man. That's, that's a lot of work that I'm not interested in doing on
0: the regular. Sheila's photography is always amazing. I still think she's probably the best in Seattle at doing that type of style. I think she calls it editorial, but Mm. I call it magazine style print because of the lighting, Mm. the dark shadows, the mood photos. She's I don't know anyone else that can do it around here.
1: Yeah, not not folks who are posting on Instagram, for sure. I, I'm not aware of anybody, but I, I do love that dark tone to her photography and the shadows and just the overall what we like to call moodiness to yeah. it. I, I do enjoy it.
0: And she's self-taught, too. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything on YouTube, guys. It's not just Justin Bieber and BTS videos on there. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> no, i end up watching those videos too don't don't sure yeah. mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like tiktok dance videos i'm like i'm laying in bed and i was like i think i can do this movement savage love, <laughs> no. did somebody, oh my did god no
1: break your
0: heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah no That's, no okay no no that was good that was that was way better than my singing that i've done in the- <laughs> done All right, everyone, that's our show for this evening. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there and please try to stay indoors as much as possible. And of course, happy eating, Seattle.
1: Thank you so much for listening.
0: Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the
1: meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at
0: gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.